Welcome back to the official Slow Smoked Bowl Preview Podcast. I think we finally figured out the audio, and I think we're good to go. Joined by my beautiful and lovely co-hosts, Holt Smash and Tinder King of Memphis. How are we doing out there in the free internet world here? I'm doing pretty well over here, Mr. Ship. Uh, we enjoyed a nice uh, outing tonight at the uh, Memphis Grizzlies game. Came out victorious, and now we are ready to go and excited to talk about the uh, bowl games coming up this weekend. You do not have to out us like that. We were on a a bro date, a bro date, I guess is what you call it, but multiple bros. So it's not it's, it's not as it's more heterosexual when you have more than two bros. Correct, Holt? Um, I mean, I guess it depends on what you did, but it was it was definitely a date. There was we we did eat a lot of meat, slow smoked meat, and we did watch basketball, which is can be masculine, but according to you, hold there it's not masculine because you can't you can't push and shove in basketball. Yeah, well I'll tell you what, man, Christmas Day was pretty brutal as far as sports go. Um, Christmas Eve was also pretty brutal. I mean, you know, I'm not like a big NFL guy to begin with, but like when. The only game on Christmas Eve was the damn was it the Bron- the Broncos and the Raiders. Like who Raiders. the hell cares? Yeah. So and you then, said, and then yeah. Christmas Day was nothing but basketball. Like it's good to finally get some college football back again today. Even though the first game got freaking canceled. Like what's up with that? <laughs> five five games on Christmas Day, but all NBA isn't isn't enough for you. Hold is what you're saying. Doesn't doesn't scratch your itch. The NBA is just really lame, honestly. And, like, the regular season really doesn't even matter. Like, if if, if you think about this, like, if the Lakers beat uh, Golden State, um, you know, like, in, Without any, LeBron. in any other sport, that would be, like, the biggest thing to, like, ever happen. But basketball, it's just kind of like, yeah, whatever. It doesn't really even matter. The Warriors are still going to win the whole thing. So, who cares? Maybe. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I think the Warriors are going to win, too. Um but so you're saying what you're really getting at is people complain over the years that there's way too many bowl games, but you're telling me there's not enough bowl games. Well, I'm just saying that they need to spread them out more. Like we can't be going three whole days without any college football. Like what is this like communist Russia? Like what's you, up? you want these poor college kids playing on Christmas day and not being with their families. Dude. I... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So what? <laughs> it's not my problem. <laughs> yeah. God, they have everything else made. Why can't they play on? I mean, really, it's we're helping them because we're showcasing them in front of everybody. Yeah. I got you. I got you. So, has there well, – there's been some bowl games, Hold. Have there been any good bowl games for you? I think the best bowl game was probably the Wake Forest Memphis game, believe it or not. Even though yep. that was kind of not great. <laughs> That was a really good game. I feel like that was another one too, but I'm totally drawing a blank right now. But yeah, the the Memphis Wake Forest game was really good. Um, pretty sad at the end. I was definitely pulling for Memphis, but for some reason, like they just moved the ball like crazy in the first half. In the second half, they can't do anything on offense. I don't know what yeah, they're doing. Yeah, Memphis is the king of second half collapses this year. I don't know, understand what's up with them. It's just like feels like a lot of defensive coordinators are making adjustments, and Norvell hasn't been able to adjust his Memphis offense. I um I, I don't know. I think what happens is the AD calls calls in at halftime and says, "Yo, you need to stop winning by so much because the other teams are gonna want you." So 
uh, you need to lose. So I think that's what happens. I don't know. Me and JB were actually having a lovely dinner discussion on our bro date about this tonight that it's actually good for Memphis for them to be good but not great or to have these, have these collapse. Because really, to me, bowl games don't mean too much. I mean, it'd be nice if they won. But unless it was like a New Year's Six or a playoff game, to me it's not as important as keeping your head coach and keeping it running next year. So with Norvell now going um, 0-2 in bowl games and losing to Central Florida every single time he plays them and not um, not not winning <clears> – <throat> games they should should be winning um when he has a big lead it's kind of good for memphis in the big picture things yep and there's your uh weekly dose of memphis football that you get on this show for sure oh did you hear um the inside scoop we we we, uh somebody tweeted tonight um that we had in fact seen missouri's own drew lock tonight in person yeah i heard that's what uh Mr. TKOM was over there saying. I was wondering, I think, I think JB was more starstruck than I was. I was a little starstruck for a little bit, but JB was, JB was pretty excited, which I mean, in fairness, I mean, it was Drew Locke, who's, I guess at this point, a first round draft pick because even the, the Oregon quarterback pulled out. So now there's like really. Yeah. That's really good for uh, Drew Locke. That's what I'm saying. There's no good quarterbacks coming out. If I was a shitty team like the Cardinals or whoever, or even, I don't know, the Raiders. I mean, I wouldn't pick a quarterback, especially because they both have apparently quarterbacks. So they have Josh Rosen, who they picked last year, and then Derek Carr, who I think is their quarterback in the future. I don't know. But um, there's not any good quarterbacks, but a quarterback has to go in the first round. It's I guess at this point it's going to be Drew Locke. I'm not sure, though. So you ran into him, and then what happened? Well, me and JB just talked back and forth. So I just, say this, say this, say M-I-Z. I was like, well, no, I'm going to tell him. Uh, thanks for beating Memphis this year. And then I was like, should we get a picture with him for a slow smoke? He's like, no. Well, actually, his cousin said that. No, we shouldn't because then it would look like we're fanboys and we're actually older than them, so it feels weird. So then we just walked up the stairs and said nothing, and we talked about it for the next 30 minutes. It's a very anti-climatic. What would you have done, Holt? Um, I probably would have told him that I'm really disappointed in him and that I stuck my neck out for him before the season started and said Literally. they were going to – Go ten and two, eleven and one this year, and he was going to win the Heisman and be a number one overall draft pick. And then they decided to come out and play like shit um, for a lot of the season. What's uh, the, before, um, before finally get finally getting it together late in the season and uh, making me look bad? But Sorry. whatever. Sorry for you have something to say, Alex? You go, JB. You want to say something? <laughs> I'm good. I, I was I was cutting you off a lot, kind of pulling to JB because I thought I thought at three or three or four different times you're. Uh, your Ronald sentence was done, but it kept going on and on. But um, what I was gonna say is, hold you. It reminds me of that uh, that Tyra Banks uh, gif or picture. Yeah, the, we were all rooting for you or yeah, whatever on Twitter. That's what I th- that's what I picture you saying to your life, just going out there and like sobbing, like we were all rooting for you. Why'd you yeah. do this to us? And I mean, I don't know. Uh, like, obviously, I don't know him or anything, but it seems like when they're losing, he's still like joking around and having a good time on the sideline. Which I don't really like that. I would like, you know, it seems like to me, like when you're losing, you should be pissed off and you should be like, you know, getting all like red faced and like veins popping and yelling at people and stuff. But he always seems like he's just super chill and like having a good time, even though like they're losing. Sneak and it kind peak. Of, it kind of bothers me a little bit. I don't really like that attitude. Sneak peek. Uh, we'll talk about Oklahoma State and Missouri later. But hold, are you more optimistic for Missouri's ball chances now that they've got a rhythm? And I think they've got a little winning streak going on. Yeah, maybe. Um, but at the same time, I feel like the time off maybe could 
you know, they get a little rusty or something. I don't know. Plus, Oklahoma State's been really unpredictable all season. Yeah. Like, they pulled some big upsets, but they've also lost some games that, you know, they should have won or that, it, you know, people thought they were going to win. Well, had a few times this year where they just completely didn't show up. A couple things on that front. Uh, Missouri and Oklahoma State had a little half halftime. Uh, no, I don't, know, I don't even know if it was halftime, but they, it was like during a break of the game. They had a little um, little battle on the court where they did like a um, shooting contest, I guess. There are two players from each team shoot and see how many uh, they could score to see who would be who'd be a better team, I guess. And Missouri won that. That's point number one for Missouri. Point number two is the whole Missouri team looks like they left at half um, either to go party on Beale Street or um, – Maybe go study some film on Oklahoma State. So maybe they're serious and actually try and win this thing for, for you, Holt. Yeah, I don't know. Um, did you guys see uh, – what's his name? The offense coordinator, Derek Dooley, by any chance? Was he rocking some Memphis Grizzlies pants? I did not. You would think you would think we would see him because he usually has those bright pants. Well, I guess because at Tennessee, JB was wearing those bright orange pants. But maybe he would be wearing the bright yellow pants here. Bright gold pants probably. Yeah. But no, we didn't see him. But um, he could have. He could have just missed the bus altogether. Not like and that's a figurative, figurative or uh, which one? A figure of speech, speech figure. Um, <laughs> a speech figure. Yeah, yeah, something like that. But he also could have literally missed the bus. You never know with Derek Dool. He's all. He's... Yeah. Well, he probably was afraid he was going to run into some Tennessee fans like yeah, JB. Yeah, he's going to get. Being uh, back back in the great state of Tennessee. Yeah, but enough about Missouri and Oklahoma State. Oh, we had a nice little Christmas, and um, not really caring about what you got for Christmas, but more caring about what you ate for Christmas. Man, so much. My uh, Aunt Jenny and my uh, grandmother came down um, for the holidays. And, uh, yeah, it's ever she spells it with a G. She spells it G-I-N-N-Y, not but uh yeah so but anyway they're both uh really really good cooks and they made just a ton of food we had uh fudge she makes like this maple fudge it's like it's really oh, really good. So good do you have any leftover yeah but it has nuts in it, God damn it. <laughs> uh and then she made some brownies that have like caramel Something in the middle probably yes there's nuts in this <laughs> Y'all know. And then we made uh, some some things. They're actually called Buckeyes. Yeah, They're like about. little peanut butter balls that are like rolled up with uh, sugar and then like have like uh, chocolate yeah. around them. Mm. So just all kinds of sweets and just like uh, we had ham and some kind of like cheesy potatoes. And then we had uh, some asparagus, Coach Pruitt's favorite. <laughs> and then we had uh, – some other kind of casserole. I can't remember what it was right now. Oh, some squash casserole that was really good. We had all kinds of stuff. Like I, I feel like I've been eating like nonstop. The last good, few days. good. It's uh, it's funny you mentioned Buckeyes. My roommate is a big Ohio State fan, and he, he made some Buckeyes, and I thought it was just like something he called it because it was an Ohio State fan, but that's actually what it's called, Buckeyes. So it kind of threw me off altogether. When I said Buckeyes, and it didn't mean it didn't have anything to do with Ohio State. It's just that's what they're called. But um, right. Well, because they look like the the nuts, you know what I mean? Those Buckeye yeah. nuts. If you're watching this before. after this, so I don't feel so ignorant. Uh, I did not have a um, exciting 
Christmas lunch or dinner. So I won't go into detail. The probably the most exciting thing I had was chocolate cake, and um, my potato salad that I made was pretty good. I'll have to admit. But other than that, nothing too exciting. My mom kind of went anti-Christmas and went um, didn't do anything great for Christmas for meals. So I'm I'm gonna skip over that and go to JB's. So JB's probably might be more exciting than all of ours. <laughs> Yeah, uh, what I was most sad about yours, Alex, is that you ate sliders for your Christmas Eve. And this wasn't homemade sliders, just like frozen White Castle style sliders that you had to cook in the oven. Like, this is not how you do Christmas. Technically, they were around. And second of all, um, nobody, I don't understand why, but like nobody makes it as big of a deal about our Christmas lunch or dinner like they should be. Because I would imagine it to be like a ham or. Even it's supposed to be a feast. Yeah. Christmas is a feast just like Thanksgiving. Those are the two days of the year where you can go all out and feast. Yeah. Well, I think it's just because we didn't have as many people over this year. My mom's just being lazy. So it's kind of disappointing all together. And it is. Like, you could at least go out to eat. Like, you can go to, a, you know, a Perkins and get the Tremendous 12 and, you know, load up on that for Christmas Eve. That's a great place to go. Well, JB, if you came over, we'd probably do that. But you didn't. So we, um, yeah. we, we had – JB, you also are, like, a little bit – um ungrateful when it comes to food you will not i'm just given there i'm just not gonna settle for that on christmas eve or christmas day like i'll settle for that on january 13th you know that's okay but not on december 24th or december 25th but yeah i'll I'll go on with what i had i had a uh, meat tray catered by our sponsor central barbecue uh we had seven pounds of various meats we had one pound of turkey one pound of chicken, one pound of pulled pork, one pound of bologna, one pound of sausage, one pound of beef brisket, and two slabs of ribs, along with... What was your favorite part? Uh, Continue. I will in a second. So yeah, we had seven pounds of those meats. Uh, We had the buns and the sauces and the fixings. We had some mac and cheese, potato salad, and turnip greens with that. We also fixed some mashed potatoes, some baked beans... Had some rolls, and we also had some homemade pies. Uh, we had Oreo pie. We had a homemade uh, apple pie. We had some brownies and a uh, coconut cake and a cheesecake. And uh, my favorite part of all that was, I don't know, I'm probably have to go with the sausage. That was my favorite thing. And, like, we also had a cheese tray that we ate off of as well with, like, four or five different kinds of cheeses. I mean, it was, it was an amazing meal. It was Right up there with Thanksgiving, it's my favorite meal of the year. Sausage, because you don't eat sausage that much? I don't ever get a sausage cheese plate that much, but I loaded up on the sausage. Uh, it was really, this, like, I can get pulled pork anytime. Like, I always seem to get that. I didn't really touch that as much. I really mainly went for the sausage and the turkey and a little bit of brisket, not a lot. But mainly it was just the sausage that I went with. This- I mean, I ate, a, I ate a little bit of the ribs, too. This platter, JB, was enough to feed how many people? It's supposed to feed twenty people, and we had we had twelve people. And were there leftovers? Yes, there were. And so you, I have over you, a, I have a pound of pulled pork in my fridge, probably close to a pound, because not as many people touched the pulled pork, which was surprising. Everyone was touching other stuff, probably because you know they get pulled pork anytime, and everyone was touching other meat. But I have almost a pound of pulled pork in my fridge, and also have probably about close to a half pound of turkey. Was there a family discussion at any point to determine how to evenly divide up all the leftovers, or did you just, like, grab it and, like, go? 
There was not. Uh, my cousins and my aunts, or my cousin and uncle, left and did not take any of the meats. So that uh, eliminated uh, five, six people. And after that, it was just my grandparents, uh, my mother, and myself. And we divided it amongst us. And my mother took the brisket. My grandparents took uh, the chicken. And I took the pulled pork and the turkey. And the ribs, the sausage, and let's see, the ribs, sausage, and bologna were all eaten during that dinner. And would you say you ate this for Christmas or Christmas Eve? This was on Christmas Day, so this would have been yesterday. Yesterday. So you had all that yesterday, all that central barbecue and other meats yesterday. What did you have tonight for dinner? Tonight, I ate some uh, leftover chili that I fixed on Christmas Eve. So that was another meal in itself right there. I fixed a big pot of chili and a big stock pot Christmas Eve. Just got up early Christmas Eve morning, morning and fixed that. So now I got a little bit of barbecue and pot of chili to feast on leftovers for the next three or four days. Yeah, but stop holding out on me. What would you eat for dinner tonight? Chili. JB, what would you eat for dinner tonight? I had chili. JB, why are you lying to us? Why would you think I'm lying? I had a pot of chili. You want me to take a picture of it right now? <laughs> Davey, what else did you eat for dinner? A pot of chili. You want to keep playing this? I'll play this all night. Did you Did you go? Did you eat before the game tonight? Oh, yeah, yeah. We had a uh, central barbecue. <laughs> My God. <laughs> Oh, you're asking what did you eat tonight? I'm thinking like after we got back from the game. So you had two dinners? Yeah, we ate around uh, five o'clock, <laughs> and we had central barbecue then. Oh, come we on! We had five o'clock at central barbecue then. Oh, yeah. So yeah, we had central barbecue. <laughs> yeah, JB, that was the point I was making. Yeah. Yes. Oh, so I think me and JB reacted to the yeah. same. Thing. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we had y'all. We're watching this Cal TCU yeah, that's, game, sorry, that's, it's just like the Sorry, that just I've got me seen. to a little bit of reaction right there. But yeah, we had Central Barbecue tonight at 5 o'clock. I ate uh, some barbecue nachos. And then after I got back from the Grizzlies game, I had a bowl of chili. JB, if, if for some reason we were hanging out tomorrow and I wanted Central, would you deny it? Or would you like be like – would you say, like, that's too much Central in one week? Or would you just be like, oh, yeah, sure, I'm down. Let's go. I tell you, just come over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't think so, man. You you told me about all those leftovers, and you're like, I was like, can we just eat your food instead of going out central? Like, no, man, we can't do that. <laughs> Basically, like, yeah, because I wanted some fresh central. Like, these are left my leftovers. Like, I am feasting on these for the next few days. Well, you don't want me to eat all your leftover central, which I can understand because I probably because would you would eat over half a pound of it, which is half of it, and I do not want you eating that much pork. Probably true. All right, let's get to the bowl games before we talk about JB's dinner for the rest of the night. <laughs> Um, as Holt said, we need to get this uh, show on the road because um, we have nine bowl games because SEC is the best conference ever and everybody, everybody in the SEC is great. Um, we have nine bowl games to talk about and Holt's got to play Red Dead Redemption 3, I think it is. Um, tonight. Two. I thought it was four. No, okay, two. two. <laughs> so he needs to hurry up and play. We need to hurry up so he can play that game because time is limited and Holt's time is more valuable or as equally valuable as, as ours. So we're going to talk about all these games. So um, the game tomorrow is Baylor Vanderbilt, but that's not the game I really want to talk about right now. I want to talk about the most important game, which the most important game right now is, of course, the Cotton Bowl, Alabama, Oklahoma game. And then there's the... It's the Orange Bowl, isn't what? it? Yes. 
Isn't that the You're correct. Ball? The Cotton Bowl is the other one, right? Am I right or am I wrong? Yeah. Okay. No, I think okay. you're right. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. So let's talk about the Orange Bowl instead of the Cotton Bowl. Alabama, Oklahoma. Um, before, um, what was that, two days ago? Not related to this Orange Bowl, but the Cotton Bowl between Clemson and Notre Dame. Three Clemson players have been suspended for what hole? You're supposed to be the SEC slow smoked expert on performance enhancing drugs at this point. Um, well, I don't think they're officially suspended yet, but it was it's some kind of steroid that they tested positive for. Starts within it. Um, yeah, I don't know how to say it, and I did have to Google it. Um, what? I had not heard of it Can before. But tell me anything about it, or. Yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know, it's just like steroids, basically. So it, does, I mean, so it doesn't start with M. That's really all I picked so up. it doesn't start with M and end with A? I'm not picking up. Yeah. Um, I don't, I'm not picking up, JB. Sorry. Damn. JB, I can't believe – I still can't believe you said chili like 10 times for dinner. When I, I'm still <laughs> not like, – I thought you were just like messing with me. Nothing time. before 7 p.m. counts as dinner, yeah, Alex. It really doesn't. I guess that was lunch. Yeah, I mean, this. I mean, unless I'm like you know 80 years old, that's that like, was my that was my late afternoon snack, Alex. <laughs> unless, unless we're talking about like you know like I'm 80, I'm 80 years old, then that counts. But five o'clock is not dinner to me. I'm sorry. <laughs> you were so serious. You're like you want to play this game all day? <laughs> I was like, JB, what are you doing? Yeah. Anyway, all right, so. Um, three three players were. Yeah, I love how you said you wanted to talk about the Orange Bowl, and then you started talking about Clemson players. Well, I'm getting like, to the Orange Bowl. I'm getting to the Orange Bowl. <laughs> Don't you question the host? <laughs> the three players are suspended, which doesn't really matter for two of them because they're not starters. But Dexter Lawrence, the I think All American, All ACC, and probably first round draft pick is suspended. But that was announced actually, I think after, and I didn't know about this until the Clemson players announced after Alabama suspended three of their own players, including. One starter, and I'm not sure who the starter was now that I'm thinking about it. Holt, JB, correct me on who the starter was. He's an offensive lineman. Dexter Lawrence. No, no, JB. We're not talking about Clemson. We're talking about Alabama. God, JB. Yeah, the the guy for Alabama is one of their starting offensive linemen. I don't think – he's not like one of their best ones. He's a guard, but anyway, not ideal, but not a deal breaker either. I don't think Alabama's going to have any problems scoring. So there's there's that. He's out. And then Tua – is announced to say 80 to 85 percent um, for the I think as of right now so I guess maybe max 90 percent before the game starts uh, Saturday against Oklahoma and then Mike Loxley is going to be the head coach in Maryland so do you think his head's really going to be there as offensive coordinator don't let's not forget Butch Jones is going with Mike Loxley so he's going to be out of the pretty much out of the game with his mind. As yeah, I'm, I'm sure that uh, Nick Saban's going to miss him serving him as Gatorade, you know, from the cooler every – So, you know. I, I ask you, Holt, all of these factors combined, is it enough for Alabama to win by less than 20 against Oklahoma? Um, no, I don't think so because I think Dan Enos has a lot bigger hand in that offense than he's been getting credit for this year. Um, I think Mike Loxley has done a really good job, but – I think uh, Dan Enos really deserves a lot of credit as well, and he's definitely a very experienced play caller, and I think having him around is definitely going to help, you know, these whatever, you know, distractions may be there for uh, Mike Loxley and uh, everything he's had to go through with, you know, being named the Maryland head coach. And But as far as Bush Jones go, I don't think that 
really makes any impact I'm at all. Fixing that easily now. Don't don't get to talking so fast. Um, offensive lineman Elliot Baker is the guy's name. Due due to a violation of team rules and policies, I don't even know if it's come out what they actually did. Do y'all do y'all even know what it, what came out? No, it probably won't. Usually, when they say violation of team rules, you never really find out what yeah, it is. Yeah, and Saban's pretty tight-lipped about that. Alabama. I'm trying to look up what the line is. Holt, you're the gambling guru here. Fourteen. Fourteen. Um, which at this point you're taking Alabama, right? Or you don't bet against Alabama? Is what you're saying? Yeah, I mean, I would take Alabama <laughs> just because, just like I've been saying, I mean, Oklahoma may be able to score, but they're not going to be able to stop Alabama. And Alabama's defense is good enough to where, you know, I'm not. You know, I, I think just like I said, I think Oklahoma will be able to score some, but Alabama's going to be able to get some stops as well because they're a really good unit as well. And Oklahoma hasn't seen a defense anywhere nearly as good as Alabama's this year. Yep, still 14. You're right. Um, Jay, we saw a great SEC championship. In fact, you gave the Slow Smoke Award of the year for the uh, – let me mute my great laptop here for a second. You gave it the Slow Smokes um, Award uh, for the best game of the year. Um, SEC championship when Jalen Hurts came back to beat Alabama or to beat Georgia, very similar to how Tua beat Georgia last year in the second half of the national championship game. Um, Tua is 80 to 85%, maybe gets a little bit better, gets up to 90% uh, for the game. So he's probably going to play. Are you secretly wishing that Jalen Hurts would somehow <laughs> get back in this game and just take over like he did for the Georgia game? Not really secretly wishing. Uh... I mean, I'd love to see him, you know, get in and, you know, take some snaps. But this is Tua's team. And as long as Tua is healthy, he will be playing every snap in this game unless it's a blowout. So, I mean, don't expect to see Hurts to play at all. But I don't understand why Tua even said to the media that he's 85%. Like, don't tell the media that because you're just pretty much letting the Oklahoma defense know and you're going to let the Oklahoma defensive coordinator game plan for it. Granted, the Oklahoma defense is shit garbage, but – you know, you, that's not how you do it. You don't want to tell them that. What What would you advise? Say, like, uh, don't just don't say anything. Exactly. I would not advise them to say how you feel. You You just say I feel good, and I'll I'll be ready to go. You just say that. You don't tell them what percentage you are, because then they're and then they're Oklahoma defense and the defensive coordinator will be second guessing themselves, thinking, wait, uh, is this guy maybe not feeling healthy? Is there a way maybe we can? Uh, do something to help ourselves to get them out of the game because they probably feel like they have a better chance of defeating Alabama with Hurts than they do Tua, even though Hurts is dramatically improved from last year, as we saw in the SEC championship game. Holt, do you think Alabama could hand their offensive playbook to Oklahoma and Alabama would still be able to score 50 points in Oklahoma's defense? I mean, honestly, maybe. Um, I mean, I think Alabama's going to be able to do pretty much whatever they want to do on offense, and I don't think Oklahoma's really going to be able to stop it. Um, Even if they knew it was coming, I think Alabama would still be able to move the ball. Another question for – I'll stay with you, Holt. Uh, We we saw Kyler Murray win the Heisman officially this year. A lot of people think Tua should have won because of the um, defense he's played versus Kyler Murray, also the recency bias with Tua having just one bad game, the last game of the year against Georgia. Um, as opposed to Kyler Murray, who had a bad game earlier in the year, um, but uh, had a good uh, Big 12 championship game. So um, everybody's talking about how great the Oklahoma offense is. Now, this is back-to-back years now for Oklahoma winning the Heisman, right, with Kyler Murray this year and Baker last year. 
Um, which offense year over year was is better? Is this year's offense better with Kyler Murray or was last year's offense better with Baker Merrifield? Question one. Question two is who would you rather have your quarterback, Kyler Murray or Baker Merrifield at Oklahoma? Man, I mean, that's just such a hard question. I mean, they've both, you know, obviously been outstanding. Um, I mean, I would probably still say Baker Mayfield just because he's so accurate and, you know, just makes really good decisions and has great anticipation and accuracy. I just think he brings a lot more throwing the ball. But at the same time, I mean, Kyler Murray is still a really good passer and is, you know, an elite runner and able to do a lot of things with his legs that Baker Mayfield couldn't do. So, I mean, it's it's definitely really close. I'd probably still go with Baker, though, just because, you know, of his his confidence and leadership and his accuracy throwing the ball. Yeah, I would still probably take Baker. I also like Baker's personality. A lot of people don't like his personality, the way he's a little cocky. Um, but I, I like that in a quarterback. Quarterback's kind of like a, a little bit too – maybe too cocky um, – has a gunslinger attitude and like I'm gonna do this and I don't care what you think type attitude. I kind of like that in a quarterback. Um, sometimes it can be a little too much, but I think uh, I think it's cool with him. Um, right. JB, if Oklahoma somehow manages to upset, which use that word likely because they are a playoff team, um, but it would be an upset. Upset Alabama ends up beating Alabama in the playoff here, and then Clemson in the national championship game. Would you would you expect Lincoln Riley to bolt for the NFL at that point? I mean, I think he might bolt for the NFL regardless after this season. I I don't know if he will, uh, but is he really going to have a better team than he will after this season? I mean, these last two years he struck gold having Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray as his two quarterbacks. Like, you're not going to find really two better college quarterbacks than those two guys. Granted, his system is very quarterback-friendly, and it's always going to be able to score points, but it really depends on the franchise that comes after him, too. Like, if it's a it, – like I say, if the Green Bay Packers come after him and and try to interview him, you got to take that job if they come and interview you and offer you the job because you'll be coaching Aaron Rodgers and getting the keys to that Packer offense. It's teach hypothetically. Their, teach their own. depends on what you like, personally. But I, I just would prefer to stay in college um, because I just think it's – and not say uh, I don't like a challenge, but I just think it's easier to win in college. And I know a lot of coaches don't like recruiting, but well, we're seeing the spread and the air raid elements of college, you know, getting infiltrated in the NFL game, and it's becoming successful at the highest level too. You see it with the LA Rams, you see it with the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, you, even partially with the Falcons the last couple of years. Like it's really starting to take shape in the NFL, and it's showing that you can make it work in the NFL, and and a lot of NFL franchises are going to really, you know, be interested in Lincoln Riley and what he could possibly bring to the table. But it's only a matter of time before you get fired in the NFL, I think. And there's only, like, a few coaches that are untouchable, Bill Belichick being one of them. Um, but other than him and a few other coaches, it's just, like, it's a matter of time before you get fired. I mean, Mike McCarthy won a Super Bowl and had a lot of playoff runs with Aaron Rodgers, and he's getting fired. Um, he got fired. There's a lot of other coaches like that. Jim, I mean, I thought Jim Harbaugh was a good coach. Um, and John Harbaugh is a good coach too, and he got Jim Harbaugh got fired. John Harbaugh was on the hot seat this year, so uh, it's just I just don't like the NFL. But that's another discussion for another day. Um, Holt, so going back to Holt here, um, we talked about offense, but defense Alabama's head and shoulders above Oklahoma. Um, I'm assuming offense is it equal, or would you say Oklahoma's better? That's question one. Question two is um, 
talk about Alabama's defense. Wait, I guess you've mentioned this a lot before, but Alabama's defense first, Oklahoma's offense. Because you think Oklahoma's going to score, but you think Alabama can stop them enough. Yeah, I mean, I think Alabama's defense is one of the best in the country. And um, obviously Oklahoma's is off, or Oklahoma's defense is one of the worst. Um, and all the pressure is going to be on Oklahoma's offense to carry the team just like it's been all year. Um, as far as which offense is better, I mean, it, you can really go either way with it. Um, I like Alabama's running backs a little bit more in their offensive line. But, um, you know, I also think that they have – maybe not, uh, you know, better. I think they have more depth at receiver, I guess I'll say. Like, they have, the Alabama has more guys that I feel confident in can go make plays. And, um, you know, so, I mean, I feel like Alabama's offense is better. But at the same time, if you try to tell me that Oklahoma's was better just because of what Kyler Murray brings running the ball. And then, um, you know, obviously Hollywood Brown is a big-time receiver as well. Um, you know, I could definitely – understand that argument but I just think Alabama is just too they're so complete like I mean they really don't have a weakness on offense I mean they have so many explosive receivers so many big time running backs like guys who can make big plays and just you know grind it out and they have that big offensive line I mean Alabama can really win any way they want to by the way this on offense this was your your dream playoff matchup correct yeah I mean most of the year I mean this is the I mean you know at the beginning of the year, Oklahoma's defense wasn't playing as bad as they did the second half, but definitely, like, you know, midpoint of the year, it was definitely looking like this would be a great matchup, and Carly Murray is one of the few players in the country that we think could put up a lot of points on Alabama, but, you know, it, it should be a really exciting game, and I'm looking forward to it, but I do expect Alabama to, to win pretty comfortably. Um, you're hoping for a good game, or do you want to see Alabama flex? Um. I mean, I either want Oklahoma to win or Alabama to win by like a blowout. Really? Those are probably the those are probably the two the two scenarios I'd want to see. I think I still would re- really rather see a competitive game, even though um, I am a little pro SEC. Um, I still like to see a good game. Um, other big SEC games, JB. We'll ask you what is your second favorite SEC bowl game? <clears throat> That's what we're going to talk about for now. Shoot, there, I mean, there's so many good ones. Uh. I mean, I really like the Missouri Oklahoma State game just because I think both programs like are really well managed at the moment. Uh, both have really good offenses. Oklahoma State is, you know, like we talked about earlier, they have three top ten wins this year, um, and then of course Missouri, one of the hottest teams in the conference. I really think they got kind of shafted with the bowl selection. I think they could have been in a little bit better bowl with a better against a better opponent, but. Granted, I'll probably will eat my words and eat my shit because Oklahoma State may win now because I said that. <laughs> eat my shit. I've never heard that <laughs> you one You eat pieces of shit for breakfast? <laughs> um, man, JB, I almost regret asking that question now because that was not the game I want to talk about at all. <laughs> all right, what's the game you want to talk about? I, I'll give you three to choose from, and you can, you can talk about one of these three games. All right, I'll pick one. We can talk about the Texas-Georgia Sugar Bowl. We can talk about Kentucky Penn State Citrus Bowl, or we could talk about the LSU UCF Fiesta Bowl, PlayStation Fiesta Bowl. I remember back in my day, it was, I think, the Tostitos Fiesta Bowl. Yes. Now it's PlayStation. Now it's PlayStation. Tostitos, Tostitos Fiesta Bowl was when Tennessee was playing Florida State, correct, JB? Yes, that is correct. The Tostitos Festival. Yeah. PlayStation. So pick from those three, and that's, and that's when we'll talk about 
right now. We will go with the Georgia-Texas matchup. That's one I'm intrigued about as well. Um, really just intrigued how motivated Georgia will be in this game because on paper, Georgia should absolutely murder. blow up. Should murder Texas. They should. They're a lot better team on paper. The game I'm worried about the most is LSU and UCF. I am not very confident in LSU in that one. I mean, I'm sure Holt might agree with me, but the Georgia-Texas game, if Georgia comes into this game laser-focused, they will win this game by 20 points. I, I understand where you're going with that, how um, they might um, l- let off the gas, so to speak, because they're not in the playoff, and they were just really, really close to an SEC championship and going to playoff. But I also think on the other side of that is Georgia is trying to prove something, that they're, um, they're an elite team and a top-five team. So I think they're going to come out to play and beat Texas like they should. Um, let Holtz tell us who's right with this. There's two sides of how Georgia can play. Which, where do you, where are you leaning on how they're going to come out for this game? You know, honestly, I kind of agree with JB. Um, it, it isn't just about Georgia. It also has to do with Texas and how Tom Herman teams just seem like they always play up when they're the underdog. And I feel like, uh, you know, Georgia played for the national championship last year and they were – a few plays away from getting back to the playoff this year. And I just don't think a sugar bowl is going to be like super exciting for them. And meanwhile, I think Texas, this is their first time back in a big, you know, power six game in a, you know, seems like a while. So uh, well, thanks for saying uh, I, power six. I think you meant New Year six, but thanks for respecting yeah, New Year six. Sorry. I was, I was thinking about that with, uh, Oh, what happened the other day? There was someone was talking about Power Six the other day, and it, it got stuck in my head again. But no, New New Year's Six game, New Year's Six. Not game. to get and uh, not to get too sidetracked here, but um, Power Six. Yeah, I know Power, you like to do Power that. Six is completely dead with after Memphis and um, Houston, Houston especially. Man, yeah, really- your only hope right now is UCF. But yeah. also, I th- yeah, Houston got absolutely murdered. They in that did. Game. But yeah, I was just gonna say like. I just think this is a really big game for Texas and their fans. I think they're going to show up, and it's going to be uh, – I think there's going to be more Texas fans there, and I just think that they're going to be way more excited to play. And Tom Herman does really well as an underdog. So, I like Texas uh, in this game, and I, I think they're going to pull out. Hold, hold on, Debbie. Hold on, Jamie, because I know you're about to talk. Um, hold Is it true that there's not too many more annoying fans than Texas fans? Because I've heard that before. Uh, honestly, don't know any Texas fans, so I can't really I say for sure. JB thing. This is JB thing. He's been pushing like how Texas fans are annoying. Go ahead, JB. No, I mean I, I've I've met many Texas fans. It's just it's the arrogance the university puts out about how much better they are than everybody else. The university is the reason why the Big Twelve is pretty much disbanded and why it's become the weakest conference of the Power Five. I mean that's why Nebraska, Missouri. Texas A&M and Colorado all left the Pac-12 is because of Texas's arrogance. Well, they all left the Big 12. Yes. You said yeah, I don't know why I said Pac-12. Why they all left the Big 12 is because of Texas. It was their arrogance. Not that it's um, anything. And this isn't being general. This isn't just like being general here. Like It's because of the conference realignment, uh, the, in- the, the Longhorn Network being created, and also the revenue sharing in which Texas wanted most of the pot and not splitting evenly with the rest of the schools in the conference. Not that it's um, anything new, but I did read on a uh, Memphis Tigers message board that Big 12 will implode and there will be like a power four, no such thing as power five. But then you have to figure out what the remaining Big 12 teams will do 
if they'll go to one of the remaining big four conferences. If not, then that's where America could step up. But yeah, I mean, some of those some of those Big yeah. Twelve teams well, they could... will get picked up like by the Power Five conferences, the other Power Four conferences. I could see uh, Oklahoma going to the SEC, and maybe one other school along with that. But what will happen is that the ones in the Big 12 that don't go to those other Power Four conferences, they'll probably combine with the best teams in the American and form their own little conference. Yeah. yeah don't yeah. you say little. Don't you say little. Don't you it, won't be a, it won't be a power conference. I'm just telling you. It will not be a power conference. I don't know be a, It would be in basketball if they picked up Kansas. Yeah, like that's what I'm saying. It would be a possible power in basketball because you would have Kansas in it. I don't know how that's going to work out, though, because I don't know if – some of the teams of the Big 12, I don't know if they can truly be left out of like a Power 5 discussion or Power 4 discussion um, because they're not in one of the remaining four conferences. I just don't know if there's a scenario where there's only four power conferences, which would be what, uh, four times, I guess, 12, 48 to at most 60 teams, which is 60 teams now. So we'll say 48 to like 52 or 53 teams. I don't know if it'll be that. I think there should be more teams than that that'll you know remain relevant for national. But um, that's another discussion for another day, as Holt has pointed out via text. <laughs> um, we'll talk about that later, but um, we'll see how Texas and Georgia plays out. Um, I, I guess I'm the only one who thinks Georgia's going to come out focused, but um, Holt and JB both think that, um, that for the record, we'll let the record show that Texas is going to come out stronger than Georgia and um, not necessarily win, but I guess come out and look like they're ready to play this game, excited to play this game. Um, talk about that game. Um one game I think that SEC fans do not want to lose at all is this LSU-UCF game. Everybody's counting on – this might be one of the only chance, only instances where everybody in the country, not named UCF, is rooting for LSU to be UCF. I don't think there's anybody except for UCF. Maybe American Athletic Conference fans altogether or rooting for UCF. But other than that, I think there's a lot of – at least the Power Five schools. Everybody in the Power Five schools are rooting for LSU to be UCF. Am I right, Holt, or am I right? I don't think so. I actually think that uh, a lot of people outside the SEC or would be totally cool with UCF winning. I think it's mostly just SEC fans that are sick of hearing about UCF. I mean, maybe some other ones are, but I definitely think that they're way more sick of hearing about the SEC than they are UCF. So I don't think like any Big Ten or Pac-12 – you know, our Big 12 fans are going to be too upset if uh, UCF pulls upset against LSU. But that being said, I think, you know, as long as LSU is able to run the ball and uh, establish the tempo a little bit, I think they're going to win pretty easily. Even with Greedy Williams out, I think their secondary is going to be uh, a lot more than UCF is used to. And uh, they're going to have trouble in this game. I think LSU is going to come out motivated and they're going to play well. Um and I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be a close game, but I do like LSU to to get the win. It is. It is crazy disparity disparity between Power Five and non Power Five or Power Five and Group of Five teams. Um, the line here is LSU seven and a half, which doesn't. It seems kind of big because UCF is undefeated, but um, it really I think it's probably pretty close to what I would expect it to be. Um, but yeah, LSU. We talked about their defense being overrated uh, in terms of SEC, but they are still elite defense. Uh, definitely top twenty-five, maybe top twenty defense. Hold, on, I don't know where you stand on that uh, ranking in terms of national, but maybe top twenty defense nationally um, versus probably a top twenty offense. So it's a nice little defense versus offense matchup. But um, UCF's defense is not great at all. So they do let American Athletic Conference teams score so many points on them. So LSU's offense isn't great, but um, 
yeah, I think what you're saying, if they control the tempo and pace and control the line of scrimmage, I think they should take care of this. Um, go ahead, JB. What's your, what's your take on this? JB. Holt. I'm still here. I think JB died on this. JB's, JB's out, probably out taking a dump or something. We'll just continue on with this Holt. Um, if you were listening to what I was saying. All right, I'm back, guys. Uh, something happened with the audio on my phone. Uh, I don't know if you uh, asked me anything or anything, but yeah, audio just went out on me for I, a second. I, I apologize. I'm just asking you what's your take on this LSU-UCF game. I, I said LSU is probably a top 20 defense nationally. UCF has top 20, probably top 10 offense nationally. Um, what, what do you think it's going to give here? There's LSU's defense versus UCF's offense. I'm just worried about LSU's motivation going into this one. UCF is treating this like it's their national championship. Like, they're going to be highly motivated in this one. They, they're they ready to prove again that they're going to be national champs again. And I just – and with LSU, like, with some of the guys they are not going to have playing in this game and being a 9-3 team and just playing in a, just a regular New Year's Six Bowl, which is not much to them, I just wonder what kind of <clears throat> effort LSU is going to bring into this one. I'm – a little bit nervous about this one. I mean, LSU on paper, talent-wise, they are a better team than UCF. But UCF, I think, is going to be a more motivated team in this one. Hmm. Interesting. JB, don't lie. You uh, stepped away to get uh, some central out of the fridge for your third dinner tonight, didn't you? <laughs> no, I didn't. This would be breakfast anyway. This would be breakfast now at this point. You can't, you can't ask <laughs> about dinner three times one, one night. It's too much work. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll see what's going to happen in the LSU-UCF game. Um, it's kind of nice that we're all disagreeing here. It's kind of livens up the conversation here. Um, next game, Citrus Bowl, Kentucky, Penn State, 14 Kentucky, number 12 Penn State, both nine and three teams. But I think we should all agree on this one that Penn State is probably the better nine and three team. Um, I don't know. Uh, Kentucky's a good story, but I just don't think they're as good as Penn State is at nine and three. Um, Holt? Yeah, I mean, I think Penn State is a better team, but at the same time, I think Kentucky is a little bit more excited to be playing in this game. So I think this is probably one of the games I'm looking forward to the most. Um, I think I could definitely see this game going either way. You know, Trace McSorley and that offense is really explosive, and their defenses played a lot better uh, after they got off to a rough start this year. And Kentucky's defense is, you know, one of the best in the country, and you know, obviously led by Josh Allen and, um, you know, probably going to be a top five pick in the draft next year. So pretty exciting game and uh, should be interesting to see um, who comes away with this one. But I think it's going to be one of the best games of the, se- of the bowl season. Would you agree with that? JB is saying it's one of the best bowl games. Uh, in a way, I can. I think it's going to be really fun to watch uh, both of these defenses. Uh, we Penn State and Kentucky both are really good at uh, controlling the line of scrimmage and, you know, getting their stops that they need. Uh, Trace McSorley, I like this offense for Penn State a lot more than I like Kentucky. Uh, the only way for to me for Kentucky to stay in this game and have a chance at the end is if they're able to control the line of scrimmage on the offensive line and be able to run the ball effectively and keep Penn State off the field because eventually the Kentucky defense is going to tire out, I'm afraid, at least for Kentucky. But – I mean, I, I definitely give Kentucky a shot in this game. I think it's going to be rather close for the most part. But uh, as of now, I'm probably I'm going to give the edge to Penn State. Yeah, I think this one actually won't be close. Um, but I've been proven wrong again. But 
Yeah, this Kentucky team's kind of faded down the stretch as you know over the course of the season. If this was the Kentucky team of early October that Penn State was playing, I would pick Kentucky. Again, we're clearly showing our hate for Kentucky. <laughs> yeah, we're just we're fanboys that do not like Kentucky, as you can hear. Um, next game will be the one game that I'm really not as excited as it should be for this game. Florida versus Michigan in the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl, which I think was the third time these teams have played in the last, like, three years, something like that, Hulk. Yeah, it's something stupid like that. I don't know why these two teams got matched up. I mean, we mentioned this right when it, you know, the bowl games first got announced, and a lot of other people have talked about it too. But, like, I feel like they really missed the boat by making – like, I feel like UCF and Florida should have played each other and then LSU and Michigan should have played. Yeah, and that's the matchup that been, we should have gotten. Like that, that would have been way better. And I don't know why they couldn't make that happen. But uh, you know, yeah, just like you said, it's like the third time they played in the last like three or four years. And you know, Michigan's won both games, so maybe it's a chance for Florida to do something. I think uh, Florida is a little bit more motivated in this game, just because it's Dan Mullen's first year, and he wants to uh, keep the momentum going. But. Uh, Either way, it should be an exciting game. Or, I mean, probably not too exciting, but. Debbie, you're going to have to stop making all that noise over there. We can hear you all the way from over here, man. Dude, I don't know what you're doing, Jay. I'm not doing anything. <laughs> I'm literally not doing anything over here. I, I was wish... just sitting still. Uh, dude. I wish. Were you just. You were just stuffing your face. Yeah, I wish we could have a video of Jay right now. Because that's probably like. Going to town, some central and chili and all this other stuff. Like, dude, I'm not doing what you're talking about. <laughs> no, I'm absolutely sitting still over here. Like I really am sitting still. I don't know what the hell is going on, what you guys are hearing. But I'm gonna remember this part. Uh this is the forty nine, forty nine minute mark. So I I'm gonna go back to the forty nine minute mark. Uh when we go back to this podcast. I just wanna hear this shit because I don't hear anything. I'm not doing shit over here. I am literally just sitting here with my phone on my tray. <laughs> it's gonna be funny. Like, it's like funny if you just start telling yourself, "I'm just literally sitting here eating my food and nothing else." <laughs> but no, no food. <laughs> Debbie, you're not gonna remember. Go back to the 49 minute mark anyway. I will. I've marked it down in my head. It is engraved. So, Florida, Michigan, right. not exciting game. JB is what we're saying. I'm not excited about it either. I mean, this is ridiculous that they have to play again for the third time in the last three years. I mean, I wanted Florida and UCF to play, but. Damn old Scott Strickland had to veto this contest because he did not want to have anything to do with UCF in this matchup. He did not want to play them, and he requested not to have this matchup. So that's why we ended up having LSU and UCF and then Florida-Michigan. Like Holt said, LSU-Michigan would have been a much more fun matchup and then Florida-UCF for the Battle of Florida. This is what we would have wanted in the bowl season. Of course, we don't always get what we want. And I'm not excited about this Florida-Michigan game because I actually think that Michigan is matches up well with this Florida team, and it's not the best matchup for Florida. I would much rather see Florida play CF because I think Florida would have matched up better with them. This Michigan team, I think, is just they play well to Florida's standards. You know what I'm saying? Like they, Michigan is like a better version of Florida, if you will. Everybody took a dump on Michigan because they lost by so much to Ohio State, but I still think they're a pretty good team. Uh, you know, even though they lost by that much to Ohio State. Yeah, like I would take Michigan's defense over Florida's defense, and Michigan's offense is a little bit better than Florida's offense. Like they both play similar on offense, but Michigan's offense can score a little bit more, 
And when we talk about defenses, they're both fast. They swarm to the football. They make highlight plays. But Michigan's defense is a little bit better than Florida's defense. What about Felipe Franks versus Shea Patterson? Oh, Shea Patterson, easily. <laughs> Thanks. Um, that was a, a gimme, as the kids like to say, or I like to say. Hold, do you want to talk about Mississippi State, <laughs> Iowa yet, or would you rather talk about NC State, Texas A&M here? Um, well, we can talk about Texas A&M, NC State, just so we can talk about our boy Travion Williams and how he's going to run for like 5,000 yards in this game. Also missing from this NC State game is offense coordinator Drinkwitz. I don't know if y'all saw him at the App State game. He's now going to be now going to be the App State coach, um, but he looks like the biggest nerd. It looks like he's like the Revenge of the Nerds. Like finally got the nerd finally got the job is what it looks like. Um, yeah. But um, we were and I'll ask you hold because me and Jay we were having this also this debate at dinner tonight. Um, I think Drinkowitz is going to be a good coach at App State, and I think he has a good offense. But JB's saying disagreeing, saying his offense isn't great. Tell me what is the truth here. Um, you know, I think they actually do a pretty good job on offense with what they have. They're actually been pretty creative and, uh, you know, just like I said, make the most of what they got. So I think it could be a good fit. I don't really know much about him specifically or his personality or if he can recruit or develop players. But, you know, based on what he's done at NC State, I mean, I think it's a decent hire. I'd say it's also going to be good next year almost no matter what. I think – um, their their program's not completely on autopilot, but I think they're they're set up well in the Sun Belt Conference too well for the foreseeable future. So I think it's gonna be all right. But back to the game hold. Um Trayvon Williams is gonna run all of this NC State defense is what you're telling me. And um then we're gonna have Kellen Mond also run over the defense. Is that what's gonna happen? Yeah, I think Trayvon Williams is gonna run through, over, around, and then I think Kellen Mond's gonna throw it over. Is this a the uh, it's a, I don't think it's I don't think it's you know I don't think they're going to score like fifty or anything but I do expect Texas A&M to win this game pretty comfortably. Is this because NC State's been kind of a paper tiger all season? Their record uh, doesn't really tell the whole story. They kind of had a weak schedule and they won a couple close games against bad teams. So I think they're a little bit overrated. Very true. I, I agree with that actually. Um, is this where? Um, Jimbo Fisher flexes his muscle and says, hey, I'm a good coach. First year, went, going 9-4, winning the bowl game. Um, and I'm setting myself up well for next year. Yeah, I think so. I, I always feel like coaches early in their tenure are going to put a lot more emphasis on a bowl game than coaches, you know, not at the beginning of their tenure. I feel like uh, they're still trying to build momentum. And kind of the same thing I was trying to say about Dan Mullen at Florida. Like, um, you know, I just think both coaches in their first year really want to – get that momentum going into the off season and get that excitement going and, you know, keep everybody's spirits up. These uh, last two games I'll talk about before the Liberty Bowl, which I guess we already talked about Liberty Bowl enough, but we can talk about more, and the um, Outback Bowl. Um, the I'm not super excited to talk about, but I'll talk to you about it, JB. Um, Purdue-Auburn in the <laughs> – Franklin American Mortgage Music City. But I don't know who their sponsor was for this year, This year, but it wasn't that, I don't think. Um, Tessie's played in Music City Bowl before. I don't, they've had a different sponsor. But this game I'm not too excited about. Actually, I don't know. This Out of the three three other games, that's probably what I'm more excited about. But I guess um, in summarizing this game, what I think of JB, the first thing I think of is um, Purdue, a team on the rise for the season, trending the right way. Auburn, a 
team turning the wrong way for the season. Um, am I wrong here, or what? What do you see in this game? I mean, you you are correct. I mean, this is one team, uh, Auburn, that's trending downward this entire season. This has been a completely disaster of a season for Auburn, really below what the expectations were. Purdue, I mean, they are six and six. It's the same as last year. They got back to a bowl, but uh, it's the way they got to six and six that's impressive. I mean, you got to remember this team started off zero and three, and they could have easily mailed it in, but. Jeff Brom, give him some credit. He was able to rally the troops and have his team end up winning like six of the next nine games in order to make it to a bowl. And they were five and six going into the last week of the season and won their last game in order against Indiana in order to make a bowl. So right now the momentum's riding really high in East Lafayette. And I, I like this Purdue team. Jeff Brom is an awesome coach. I'm excited to see him come back next year and turn down the Louisville job. He's building something special in Purdue. Might be some of the best teams they've grown they're going to have there in a few years since uh, when they had Joe Tiller and Drew Brees in the early 2000s. So it's this exciting times for them. And as for Auburn, uh, you watch next year. I think we had a discussion about this earlier with the pressure on Gus Malzahn and him going back to calling plays and going back to his system pretty much and him being in charge. Auburn's going to have a bounce back year next year and they're going to win over 10 games. I think it's better for Auburn actually to lose this game just because it sets the bar so low for next year. Um, expectations are a big part of coaching, keeping their jobs, or getting fired. And Auburn losing this game because we already know Gus is going to be back now next year. If he loses this game, um, it just sets the bar so low. So if they win, I mean, they really need to win like almost 10 games next year for him to save his job. And also, uh, we already know his leash is going to be really short next year. If he loses this game, it's going to be an even shorter leash. I don't know, though. I don't know. I don't really know if it changes that much, but you just got to feel like losing this game would just be really hurtful for Gus Malzahn. Like, I can see him getting fired after two games next year. I, Hypothetically. I, yeah, I'm not sure how this goes. I don't know if – I mean, I guess winning is always better than losing, but it's it's almost better in Gus's in my mind for him to lose this game because you already – having a bad year and just go ahead and finish this out with a loss here. And then next year, if you win 10 games, that's just going to be the biggest surprise ever. And everyone's like, Oh man, he's a good coach. Although Booster, yeah, Booster. it might be the biggest surprise ever, but Malzahn always performs best when he has the pressure on him. And I just feel like next year, going back to his power read option offense that he ran with Cam Newton and Nick Marshall, this is really going to benefit Auburn. And he's already got the defense in place with Kevin Steele and the continuity there. All they're missing is the offense, and if he, once he brings it back next year, Auburn's going to go back to winning 10 games next year, and then he's going to end up coming back another season, Auburn fans will be pissed off. Big, big power move, by the way, for by Jeff Rahm to say no to Louisville. His own, it was. It um, was. I actually think it was kind of cool. I, I mean, I, it's hard for me to understand why he even said no to him. I guess because Louisville is the dumpster fire, and he's trying to build something at Purdue. But um, that's it's hard for somebody to do, for sure. But I think it's pretty um, respectable for somebody to do that, to try to stay true to the word and say they're going to stay here to build something is kind of cool, I think, in today's age when everybody just jumps for the best job. But yeah, I'll ask you, Holt, real quick, um, before we move to the next game, better coach in this game, Purdue and Auburn, Brom or Gus? Malzahn. Well, I've been really big on Brom for a few years now, and Malzahn has done nothing to, at least in the last few years, to show that he's a good coach, so. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think Malzahn's still proven more, but I've, I've been really high on Jeff Brom. 
I'll um, switch over to the Belk Bowl. And by the way, I think the Belk Bowl Twitter account is probably the best bowl Twitter account. I haven't checked out all the bowl Twitter accounts, but Belk Bowl is definitely one of the most active Twitter accounts. And I think there probably are the best Twitter accounts. It is by far. But that doesn't mean the Belk Bowl is going to be a good bowl. In fact, this is probably, in my mind, the worst bowl game for the SEC or the least exciting bowl game. I don't know if you agree, Holt, but South Carolina Virginia just doesn't get me too excited. I guess the first thing I would think is defense. Well, I mean, I don't know. South Carolina didn't play much defense the whole second half of the season. Um, I don't know if they're going to be ready to play if they've kind of gotten a little bit healthy. But, you know, South Carolina's defense was not playing super great down the stretch. And their offense, however, was playing really well. And Jake Bentley, so – you know, I still like South Carolina to get the win, but I don't think this is going to be a blowout by any means. I think it's going to be a pretty close game. And I like, uh, you know, I mean, I could definitely see Virginia getting the win here. They've had a pretty good season. Bronco, Bronco Mendenhall has finally got it turned around there. And, you know, I think they're a little bit upset because they lost their last game of the season to Virginia Tech, a really bad Virginia Tech team. And, you know, it was a really heartbreaking loss. They've lost that game like something like 15 years in a row or something. And Virginia Tech was awful this year, and they had a great chance to beat them, and they blew it. And uh, I just don't know what their mindset's going to be in this game. So I, I feel more comfortable with uh, South Carolina. I would not be surprised at all if Virginia ended up winning this game. Uh, I know South Carolina's supposed to win, but um, I don't know if you would be surprised hold if Virginia won this game. I mean, not too surprised. I mean, just the the way Jake Bentley has been playing, though, I mean, he's been absolutely on fire uh, to end the season. You know, the game the game he played against Clemson, and, you know, he had a huge game against Ole Miss and a huge game against Florida. I mean, he really finished the season strong. So, I expect him to have a good game. I'm just – I'm more worried about South Carolina's defense and how they played in the latter half of the season. Kind of a disappointing year for South Carolina if you – go back to the preview where, where we said they should be and where I thought they were going to be where they are now. Uh, seven yeah. Five versus this was what, <clears throat> yeah, it was supposed to be a step forward year, and, and it's the same record as they were last year with pretty much most of the guys returning from last year's team. So it's definitely not what you want in Columbia. Uh, I think a little bit of pressure will be applied to Will Muschamp next year to show some improvement. I mean, this eight and four, tw- two years in a row with Pretty much most of the guys back from last year is seven not really five. a good look for him. Seven and five. Seven and five. Eight, eight so, and four last year. Yeah, excuse me. Seven and five. I don't even know why I said eight and four. So it's really more of a step back with most of the guys yeah. coming back from last year's team. And, and with other programs in SEC looking like they're going to be getting better, I mean, I mean, I don't know. Like you got Florida with Mullen. They're going to be on the upswing. Pruitt is bringing a lot of talent into Knoxville. I mean, South Carolina, this is the best time for them to take hold of second place in the East and – they weren't able to do that. True that, JB. Moving and then even Kentucky too. Moving along for the sake of time, JB. Um, this is your your bowl game, JB. The Academy Sports and Outdoors Texas Bowl. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I guess recently Academy Sports has done the um, outdoors thing, added on to it, just to make sure there's more than just sports there. But it's now Academy Sports plus Outdoors Texas. They've bowl. always been Academy Sports and Outdoors. Oh, I didn't. I didn't work there for ten years, so I don't know. Um, <laughs> did you know that you can go to this bowl game in Houston, Texas for as low as $4? Probably closer to $10 with fees. 
to be honest. But uh, you'd be paying more. Well, I mean, I, 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 I couldn't because I'd have to pay more than that to get. Well, there. I understand that, but still, um, just four dollars for a football game. Um, that's cheap. Right now, I guess you are you are assuming the risk of a game getting canceled. But this is also actually I take that back because this is in uh, Houston, the Dome. So this is now no risk of getting canceled. So even more baffling that unless there's a power um, outage, they didn't have the Super Bowl. <laughs> they have the Super Bowl, right? But Baylor Vanderbilt holds. Not a very exciting game with two teams, but I'm actually more excited about this than I should be. Vanderbilt's a good defense. The Vanderbilt's going to be favored by four points, but Baylor's on a program on the rise, I guess, or at least a lot better than they were last year. And Vanderbilt, A program on the yeah, rebuild. Better way to say it. And then Vanderbilt is um, just happy to be in a bowl game and have Derek Mason coming back, I guess. I mean, I guess that's a good thing. They could have fired him, but um, it's not a bad thing. Um, so tell me how this game is going to play out. Hold on. I, I don't know. I haven't watched Baylor enough to know if – Matt Rules changed the whole mindset of Baylor to go to a defensive-minded defensive, get, defensive minded team or if they're still like the high-powered offense. Um, I know Vanderbilt's a defensive-minded team, but not sure about Baylor. So walk me through this one, Holt. Well, I'm really liking Vanderbilt in this game. Um, just think Keyshawn Vaughn and Kyle Shermer. Uh, you know, I mean, Vanderbilt as a whole played really well uh, to end the season. They went up and gave Missouri a really tough game. You know, they were able to – get a big win over Ole Miss and uh, they got another big win over Tennessee to finish the season. So, I mean, they're definitely playing well and I think they're going to be able to run the ball and throw it a little bit um, against Baylor. Um, obviously not the greatest defense in the world. And then, um, you know, obviously Derek Mason is really gifted play caller on the defensive side. So, you know, I, I, I just, I lean more towards Vanderbilt in this game, but, uh, you know, I can't say I've watched a ton of Baylor football this year. I know they did pull the upset over Oklahoma State. Um, so, I mean, it, it could definitely – obviously, the line's pretty close, so Vegas is expecting a close game. But I like uh, I like Vanderbilt to get the this win. This is the prime time game for tomorrow. Is that what you're asking to hold? Um, more football on tomorrow, and this is the prime time game. Uh, so, not a great slate of football tomorrow, but this will be an SEC game that we will all be watching. Um, so I'm excited for it. Um, JB, I'm not going to ask for your input on this because that would just add more time. And we need to move on to the Super Bowl of Bowls, which is the Outback Bowl, uh, Mississippi State versus Iowa. JB, are you excited about this game? I know Holt obviously is because Outback Bowl is the bowl, <coughs> according to Holt. But um, are you actually excited? I think you are maybe low-key excited about this game. I am, because both of these teams are very similar. Uh, Both have stingy defenses. Both have offenses that love to uh, run the ball and love to pound it and have two uh, solid quarterbacks, not outstanding quarterbacks, but two solid quarterbacks. Uh, Nathan Stanley with Iowa, Nick Fitzgerald with Mississippi State. You got two uh, offensive-minded coaches that are both uh, Yankees, you know, northern guys. And I, I like Iowa. They've Kirk Ferentz has run an awesome program for the last, you know, 20-plus years. I love watching Iowa play. They were one of my sleepers going into the season. Uh, they kind of probably met the expectations for most people, but I really liked them to, uh, you know, maybe be a contender in their division, and they were. They lost a lot of close games that they probably shouldn't have lost. And I, I like this Iowa team. I think this is going to be one of the better games of the bowl season. This is one of my favorite ones. I mean, it's not my favorite, but it's definitely in my top three for the SEC matchups. 
Uh, both teams are probably almost pretty much evenly matched. I am very happy uh, to hear. I think Holt will tell me for if not, but I think that every Mississippi State starter on defense is in fact going to play in this game. So that makes me even more excited to watch this, especially with guys like Simmons and Sweat one last bout before they go to the NFL to have an awesome career. Yeah, that's uh, so far. Um, we haven't heard anything about anybody sitting out. Simmons declared for the draft and said that he would play in the ball game. Um, so it looks like everyone's going to be playing, and uh, that's definitely good to hear. Um, you know, just like you were saying, both defenses have been really good all year. Um, you know, offensively, Colin Hill is finally healthy uh, since he had a hamstring injury in the uh, LSU game and really hasn't been 100%. Even when we saw him in the Egg Bowl, he had a 100-yard rushing game, but he didn't quite have that burst like he had early in the season. And I think he's finally back to 100% for this game. And Nick Fitzgerald's playing in his last game. And uh, the offense really started clicking uh, down the stretch. Um, obviously, it helps when you play Arkansas and Ole Miss's defense, but um, definitely finished the season really strong. And uh, I think this Joe Moorhead offense is starting to click for a lot of the players. So, you know, should be should be an exciting game, and uh, you know, going to be hard hitting and low scoring and all all those cliches. And uh, I'm definitely looking forward to it. I just. I like Mississippi State in this game just because I don't know. I just really can't see a scenario where Iowa scores more than like 14 to 17 points in this game. I just think Mississippi State's defense is too good and Iowa's offense just isn't going to be able to do much against them. Oh, you should them. be the expert on this game. I'm sure you listened to um, a couple podcasts on this. Done some. I don't know if Mississippi State has active message boards or if you research the message boards, um, but you're probably more active on Twitter. But what can you tell us the um, pulse – uh, the Mississippi State fans is for this game in terms of how are they feeling? Are they feeling confident? Um, and also, um, what what are Mississippi State fans most most afraid about this Iowa team? Just the defense? Yeah, I mean, I would just say um, that if we're going to maybe talk about one thing on Iowa's offense, it's going to be their use of the tight ends. You know, Mississippi State hasn't played a lot of teams this year that really use the tight ends. Um, so that's something kind of unique in fullbacks as well that they're not really used to seeing. They're going to have to, you know, they've, they've been playing more of a 4-2 most of the year with, you know, five DBs on the field. And they're probably going to be running some more 4-3 with three, obviously three linebackers on the field. So that, that'll just be like a little bit different, a little bit out of their comfort zone a little bit. So maybe that could be something that Iowa can take advantage of. And they uh, have a really good tight end. One of them isn't playing. He's sitting out for the draft, but then they have another one who's really good as well. So, um, you know, that's definitely something to be concerned about. And also, um, you know, just Iowa's defense is, is pretty good. And when Mississippi State has faced pretty good defenses, they haven't done anything on the offensive side. Um you know, all four of State's losses, the offense was absolutely awful. And those were the four best defenses they played this year. And I think Iowa is right on par with the defenses of, you know, Florida and Kentucky. You know, I think they're right in that same range. And both of those defenses gave Mississippi State's offense a lot of problems. What do you think about the fans? Are the fans they confident that this is not going to be an easy win, but that they are, in fact, going to win? 
Yeah, I think most Mississippi State fans see this as a win. I mean, fair or not, uh, a lot of Mississippi State fans, when they see that they're playing an out-of-conference game, they automatically assume they're going to win. I got you. This is. I think like most most SEC fans, I think feel that way. Where anytime they play out of conference, they feel like they're going to win, unless they're playing like you know Ohio State or someone like that. Another point I'll bring up about this game is um, Joe Moorhead almost needs to win this game. I'm not saying he's going to get fired if he doesn't win this game, but it's just going to be very uncomfortable for a year or two for him, especially at media days everywhere else until he starts winning more games. If they lose this game, because this year going into the year. Um, I'm not sure where they were preseason ranked, but I think they might have been around number 18 preseason. But um, going 8-4 and four is not what everybody expected. Everybody expected probably 10 wins this year, or at the very least 9 wins. 8-4 um, and four is a little bit disappointing. So if they go 8-4 and four and lose a bowl game to a non-SEC team that everybody thinks they should win, this is just not going to be good for him for year two. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I don't just like you say, he's not gonna get fired or anything, but it definitely changes the mood going into the off season and you know, kinda how people feel about him. Um, you can if they come out and they play really well and they win, you can kinda say like the first half of the season was just kind of the new offense getting installed and just Fitzgerald not really being a fit at all for the offense. But if they come out and you know, they're still struggling in the bowl game then it's going to go back to a lot of what people were saying around midseason, which is, you know, Moorhead doesn't know what it takes to win in the SEC and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So Thanks. it'll be uh, – it, it kind of just changes people's perception, I guess, short term. I mean, obviously he'll have a chance to change that next year. But, you know, the offseason is going to be really long if uh, if they if they have another bad offensive game and lose. It's always – always. Uh, I mean, there's, there's a good basketball team this year, Holt, and – um, usually a pretty good baseball team, so there's always that for Mississippi State. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, their only loss was Arizona State, who beat uh, Kansas the other day, so it's pretty yeah, good. So I guess Mississippi State should be uh, top five now. <laughs> that's, that's yeah. They should be number. They should be number two. Well, Kansas actually. Um, what are they? Tennessee's number two right now, JB, Right? Duke, Tennessee, Kansas. Uh, they are number three. Still. Michigan Leaf. Michigan leapfrogged them in the poll. They only are ahead of them by one point. But uh, Michigan's number two now behind Duke, and Tennessee's number three. The thing about college basketball is rankings really don't matter. As it doesn't. Much. Like, it's not even about – like, top 25 rankings don't matter nearly as much in college basketball as other sports because it's really all about strength and schedule and, you know, what used to be the RPI because that's what all that really matters when the committee selects the teams for the field of 64. Yeah. Anyway, um, staying back on football – um, hold on, I'll get you to talk a little bit about the Liberty Bowl because JB's already talked a little bit about it, um, and I just want to get you to talk, give you, add your two cents, and then we can get on to the best part of the show, which is the rapid-fire question to close this junk out for the night. So, Oklahoma State, Missouri Holt, two offenses, uh, high-powered offenses. Um, Missouri plays good against bad teams, not not good against good teams. Oklahoma State plays can play good against good teams and can also play bad against – Bad team, so um, very confusing how I just worded. Um, it's supposed to be a high-powered offense and um, exciting times, Liberty Bowl, which JB, I found out, might actually go to this game. Yeah. Really? There is a possibility. It just depends if I'm in town or not. I am still trying to uh, tie up some loose ends before I can find out if I can uh, go out of town this weekend. I really hope to. 
But if I don't, then I will probably be going to the Liberty Bowl as a consolation. What a consolation, man. Very, very big consolation, by the way. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with what you're saying. I mean, there's just – both these teams have been really confusing all season, so we really don't know what to expect. Um, I just think Missouri has better players, and I just think they're, they're – I think they have a better offense, and I think they have a much better defense. Trending in the right way. So, it's – yeah, so it's – it's easy to go with Missouri here. Um, that being said, just like you said, I mean, Oklahoma State's pulled some really big upsets this year. You know, they beat Texas. They almost beat Oklahoma. They, you know, they beat Boise, Boise State pretty easily early on, which was kind of a big win. So, uh, they've played really well. And they, Oh, they beat West Virginia, too. I forgot about that. So, West Virginia. they played – right. Uh, I was waiting for JB to come in. Yeah, but... well, I, I feel like JB's halfway sleeping tonight. No, I, I was he's listening probably, he's, he's probably eating something. Oh, right what? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, just, I, just, I, I didn't really have anything um, you know, funny to chime in on there. I usually have some witty stuff, but I didn't really have anything witty for Holt there. No, it wasn't, it wasn't anything witty. I just thought you were going to continue with the song there. No. <laughs> he's going to do it like five but, minutes uh, later when it's like completely gone. The moment's gone. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've pretty much said everything. I mean, not really too much to add. I don't really – I think we can pretty much just all agree that no one's going to be surprised by anything that happens in this game. Sure. Which, that's almost the general general state of bowl games is that anything can happen. It's not as wild as March Madness, but there's a lot of things that can happen during bowl season that's not super surprising. But there are some some games here that would be surprising. For instance, if, um, if Alabama didn't win, that would be pretty surprising, I think. Um, or – Maybe if um, Mississippi State gave up 40 points to Iowa, that would be surprising. Uh, hopefully, neither yes. happens. But um, in general, it is bowl season, so a lot of crazy stuff can happen. Before we do rapid fire, I've been reminded, friendly, friendly, reminded, reminded, friendly, that we have got to make our picks. And the only way we're going to make these picks is if we have a little friendly wager on the picks because otherwise it's just not going to be fun. So let's go ahead and decide real quick what this uh, bet is going to be. Uh, and I'm assuming it's between Holt and JB. I don't think I want to get into it unless y'all want me to get into it, and I can. Um, but I think we're just going to do straight up pick them. Uh, I don't think we're going to do point spread, so <laughs> we'll do it that way. And let's decide what the winner and loser has to do. Well, yeah, here's the thing. I think there was a wager that me and Holt did recently. Which in which I won, which he has to buy me the next meal. So this wager, I want to do the same thing. So if this happens, if Holt wins, then we just break even. None of us have to buy no. one or the other dinner. If I win, Holt has to buy me my next two meals. So he's with me. So this is kind of like a double, double down or double or nothing. Yeah, but that's that's a that's a low risk for you. I feel like that you need to give up more than that. Well, I don't know. It's not really a low risk for me. Because I won't get a free meal if I don't win it. For yeah, Holt, sure. it's a chance for him to get out of having to buy me lunch or dinner, wherever we do. Yeah, that's a good point. And uh, if I lose this bet, you're never going to see me again. So. <laughs> yeah, if I, if I lose, if, yeah, if he loses this bet, I mean, Holt's on the hook for you know for two meals for me. Yeah. It's going to be kind of rough. Well, I'll just keep. I'll just. I'll just keep going double or nothing. <laughs> yeah, triple or nothing. <laughs> All right, so we're going to go double or nothing. So if if I win, Holt has to buy me my next two meals, and I'm with him. Yes, JB, yeah. we got okay. it. And if. And you if you win, then down. none of us have to buy anything. Jesus Christ. Would yeah, you like me to get this. on it so then we can have like a just a lower 
threshold bet, like a year or two? No. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Debbie, doesn't, Debbie doesn't want to come out like that. All right. All right. I got you. All right. We'll do, go ahead and do a pick them then. And we know that we know this, uh, the, the bets here now. So we'll just go in order here of these games and um, we'll have you pick them here. So we'll start off with Baylor Vanderbilt Holtz. Vanderbilt. JB. Vanderbilt. I'd be mad if y'all picked the same game, same teams the entire time. Uh, Purdue, Auburn, JB. Purdue. Holt. Purdue. Holt's smart. I think he might do the same. Florida, Michigan, Holt. Shit. Uh, I go Florida. Ooh, JB. Michigan. Ooh, bad one on Holt. Can't believe you just did that. South Carolina, Virginia, Holt. South Carolina. South Carolina. Oklahoma, Alabama, Holt. Alabama. JP. Alabama. Missouri, Oklahoma State, JB. Missouri. Holt. Missouri. NC State, A&M, JB. A&M. Holt. A&M. Mississippi State, Iowa, Holt. Mississippi State. JB. Mississippi State. LSU, UCF, Holt. LSU. JB. UCF. Ooh, I like this one. I like that one. All right, Kentucky, Penn State, JB. Penn State. Holt. Penn State. Texas and Georgia. JB. Georgia. Holt. Texas. Ooh, all right, all right. I like the differences. So we got we got three differences here. So this is gonna be interesting. Texas, interesting. Georgia. Texas, Georgia, LSU, UCF. Um what was the other one? Uh, Florida, Michigan. Florida, Michigan. Yeah. In fact, I would probably agree with JB on all of these, uh, which is surprising. Um, well, I just I don't know. UCF LSU is a tough one. I think that's the, probably the trickiest game to pick. I just I don't really trust LSU to be motivated for this one. I mean, if, if LSU is motivated, they should wipe the floor with UCF. But I don't think they're going to be highly motivated. UCF, this is their Super Bowl. They got a lot to prove. They want to be back-to-back national champs. They're gonna come in guns blazing. Also, let's do a um, let's do a let's tweet out our picks. Where I guess we're gonna do a consensus pick, and I would pro- it would probably be whatever JB said because I agree with JB more than you hold. Um, and that's gonna be our let's tweet it out because I think they get a lot of activity. Let's, let's do that after the show. Um, plus tomorrow is the first bowl game for the SEC. Um, all right, so exciting. Uh, close off the show. We're gonna do a little rapid fire questions, which I believe it is my turn to answer the questions and. Y'all's turns to ask the questions. So I don't know what crazy, stupid questions you have to ask, but I am excited to answer them rather quickly. What's your favorite thing to think about when you're running? Mm, probably lunch or like <laughs> how much long longer I'm going to run. <laughs> I was waiting to hear you say probably lunch or titties. dinner. Oh, I just I say like titties or something like that. That would make more sense. Uh, ask for titties. I like to do both, but probably titties. And by the way, I hope my mom's not awake. I'm in my house. I feel like she's going to wake up right now. I'm like, what did you just say? <laughs> uh, what was your favorite Christmas gift? This year? Yes. Mm, not really great Christmas gifts, but... Um, oh, actually, I take that back. Um, a lady friend got me Justin Timberlake tickets. Mm-hmm. Oh, those aren't cheap either. I'm pretty excited about that. JC, none of one. That's a gift. You probably spend like way less on your gift. 
Well, I, I met my threshold in my head. She just, I mean, it was a good, it was a good gift, but um, yeah, it was a good gift. And um, she wouldn't have spent that much money if it wasn't just Timberlake, but it's just Timberlake and that is my man. So I can understand. What, uh, who do you want the Grizzlies to draft this year that they might actually have a realistic shot at? Mm, this year? Man, I might be okay with uh, Q. Really? Yeah, I, think I think he's a first round draft pick. Holds, holds response. Really? I've not seen anything that has him going in the first yeah, round. Yeah, me neither. I don't know what you're smoking. Well, I well let's let's just refrain this. I need they need a, a shooting guard, a scoring guard. And with that, outside of Duke's like plethora of guards, um, I'm not really sure who would be like the guards to pick. JB might know more better than I would, but um, I'd have to think about it who they would who they get. But they need a scoring guard and the Q's the first guy I've thought of. But I mean if he's not a first round pick, then F him. What is your uh... Favorite Memphis Tiger basketball moment? Mm, probably beating UCLA in the Final Four. Would you rather fight one horse-sized duck or a hundred duck-sized horses? Horse-sized duck or a hundred <laughs> duck-sized horses. <laughs> I'd probably rather do the one one uh, one horse-sized duck. <laughs> Logic, I think you get them the knees, you're done. <laughs> I also think you're like, think of these questions on the class, so it's kind of fun. <laughs> JB, ask a question because you, you're laughing too much. <laughs> I don't really know what the best question I could ask. All right, well, thanks. You keep going, hold. I might have one in a little bit. All right. Um, yeah, I'm running low. All right, I, I got um, one for you. All right, so Alex, this will be this or that. NSYNC or Backstreet Boys? Who is the better group? Who I like better? I'm yeah. Who you like better? NSYNC or Backstreet Boys? Who is the better boy band? I will tell you, but you can't say anything afterwards. You can't put your own opinion. My opinion is NSYNC. Fair enough. Because <laughs> I know you want to talk about it afterwards. I like Backstreet Boys better. Um, I'm trying to think of something else. Um. Well, tough. let me let me ask you. Let me, let me ask oh. JB a question because I just, I just thought of one. That's I'm funny. not part of this tonight, pal. Well, just one question, JB. No, son. JB, you got to answer. Okay. Just ask it, JB. If you could be any black person, who would you be? Uh, Denzel Washington. Holt, who would you be? <laughs> Uh, probably. I'm trying to think who's like the richest black Jay-Z. person I can think of. <laughs> yeah, that's the answer. No, well, I'm glad I can answer for you. <laughs> All right. Plus, to be married to Beyonce. Yeah, but I also think he's got better on the side. Yeah, tricky, probably. tricky because Beyonce is the queen. Um. Gosh, I feel like uh, what? What's your ultimate vacation destination? Mm, beach somewhere. I haven't been on the beaches in the world, so I do like Florida a lot. But I feel like there are better beaches in the Caribbean, so that's probably where I would say. Are you more afraid of spiders or snakes? Mm, probably snakes. If I got closer, 
I don't know a guy named Snakes, though. <laughs> Give me uh, what? What is your favorite breed of dog? Lab. God damn, you're basic. Labs are cool dogs. Yeah, okay, whatever. That's, that's what everybody has a damn lab. Nobody's everybody's afraid to like try something different. Everybody's got to have a damn right, lab. Excuse me, sorry for being for being wrong here. I know. Whatever. I think that's the end of the questions. Or you, um, you don't want to just drag this out for the sake of dragging it out. I mean, why not? All right, we'll find. What's your What's your least favorite birthday? Oh, out of mine. Um. I don't know. Probably like I, there was like one in the early twenties that like was just kind of depressing because I felt old and like I didn't really have any friends around to do anything great with. I just wanted to be with my family and I just felt like I was old. All right, last one. What is your favorite memory of me and you playing sports together? Like a organized sport. Any sport. My favorite was when we beat those two two people that were better us in the day. Dude, man. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking before I started. Yeah, because we weren't supposed to. Because I hit like I hit like five threes, and then you just kept passing to me, and then finally, like uh, you finally took a shot, a three, and then everybody's like, "God, like I just need to go get that rebound." You just like made two in a row or something like that. It was crazy. Yeah, a good time. That was, was awesome. Time. Too bad you had to flood the deck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what I thought. That's what I thought you were gonna say, and I wasn't even there to wait. When I asked you the question. Because when you when you asked me if it was organized, I thought you were gonna. That's what you were gonna bring no, up. That was a sad day. That was a sad day. We can we can have a story time one day on that CC slow smoke. The most embarrassing stories about each person. <laughs> the big one. But um, yeah, that was when we beat the dudes in the deck. Um, we probably played some good. Players. All right. Well, it's been, it's been an hour and a half. Yeah. So it's been. So we should probably get we should probably get the hell up out of here. Yeah, I'm gonna go play some Red Dead Red Dead Redemption. <laughs> Three, two, two. Cool. All right, we'll cool. we'll have a nice little uh, recap show after hopefully Alabama beats Oklahoma in the Orange Bowl, not Cotton Bowl. But until then, be cool, and we'll talk to you all later.